0: Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On today's episode, we are talking about cervical cancer, which is the third most common cancer in the world. If you have been tuning in this month, you know that it is Cervical Cancer Awareness Month, and we have been talking about pap smears and what your results mean. So now, today, we're diving into cervical cancer. This is the third episode on our series about the cervix. If you haven't checked out the Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators swag, go do so right now. I have created some fun stuff for y'all, You can find my favorites at vibrators.com. Be sure to check it out and help support this podcast. So today we are talking about cervical cancer. Cervical cancer is not that common in the United States, and that's because we do a lot of screening. We're doing our pap smears. We have our HPV vaccine. The most common cause of cervical cancer is HPV, specifically the 16 and 18 strands. Cervical cancer isn't that common here in the United States. However, it is the third most common cancer in the world, and it's the leading cause of cancer death among women in developing countries. So it's important to know about and discuss here today. So with cervical cancer, if you've been following along, you know you do your PAP. If that comes back abnormal, you potentially have a colposcopy. At your colposcopy, you have a biopsy. After your biopsy, you may have some sort of ablation or some sort of excision of your lesion. And then what? So at that point, after you've had that procedure, if the sample comes back and it suggests invasive cancer with positive margins, meaning that the sample did not contain all of the abnormal cells and that there are still abnormal cells left behind, at that point, you would need to be referred to the gynecological oncologist or the cancer specialist. So there's a couple different types of cervical cancer. You have squamous cell cervical carcinoma, and then you have adenocarcinoma. Squamous cell carcinoma accounts for about 85% of the cervical cancers. When it comes to cervical cancer, it takes about two to 10 years for the carcinoma to penetrate the basement membrane and invade tissues. So during that two to 10 year period, that's when we're seeing our CIN1 Remember from last week, our cervical intraepithelial neoplasia, we're seeing our CIN2, CIN3, that is all stopping points for preventing cervical cancer development. So ultimately, it takes 2 to 10 years for the carcinoma to penetrate the basement membrane and invade tissues. After invasion, death from cervical cancer usually occurs within about three to five years if untreated or in patients who are unresponsive. So what are the signs of cervical cancer? And in all honesty, early on, there are usually no signs or symptoms, which is why getting your pap smears is so important. If you haven't scheduled your PAP yet, go do that. I think I just need to make an assignment for all of you to do that. It, make sure that you're up to date at least. You may not need one right now, but make sure that you're up to date, make sure that you know your, your status, I guess you could say. So some, some signs and symptoms you might see with cervical cancer would be watery vaginal discharge, intermittent spotting, postcoital bleeding, so bleeding after intercourse, You may have spotting between periods, you may have heavy periods, you may have some pelvic pain, you may even have issues with urinating or swollen legs, especially as the cancer progresses. On exam, it's possible to see a cervical lesion that may be visible on inspection as a tumor or ulceration. So what are some risk factors for cervical cancer? Smoking is a risk factor. If you are HIV positive, that is an increased risk factor for cervical cancer. If you have high-risk HPV types, so strands 16 and 18. If you have multiple sexual partners, and if you had sex at an early age, which they define as 18, So what causes cervical cancer? That's going to be HPV, that human papilloma virus that we talked about last year. HPV is a virus that is passed via skin-to-skin contact during any kind of sexual contact. That includes mouth, vagina, penis, or anus. Go listen to that episode if you haven't yet so you can get more details about HPV. HPV is very common. About three in four have HPV in their lifetime. It does typically go away on its own. However, when it doesn't, it can lead to cancer. To reduce your chances of getting HPV, consider getting the HPV vaccine. If you haven't already, talk to your provider about if that's appropriate for you. One thing that ACOG recommends is limiting the number of sexual partners. Another way to limit your risk of getting HPV is to use condoms. However, condoms don't cover up all of the skin, so it is possible to still spread HPV when using a condom. After you get diagnosed with cervical cancer, your oncologist is likely going to want to do a cystoscope, which is where they take a look inside the bladder. They go through the urethra and they look inside the bladder This helps them determine to what extent the spread of the disease is. They're also gonna wanna probably do a colonoscopy to see if there's any colon involvement. When it comes to staging of the cancer, there are, I guess you would say, five stages. Stage zero is non-invasive cervical cancer or carcinoma in situ meaning that it hasn't spread and that the cancer cells are present on the top layer of the cervix only. Then you have stage one through four, which indicates invasive cancer and the cancer has invaded into the deeper layers of the cervix. As far as treatment goes for cervical cancer, it really depends on what stage. So, in some situations, if you're looking at stage zero, it may be that cervical conization, ablation with cryotherapy or laser are an option, and then close follow up with PAPS after that. Other stages, you may be looking at a total hysterectomy, potentially radiation or chemotherapy. It just depends on your situation. The five-year prognosis for stage one cervical cancer is greater than 90%. So when caught early, there is a good prognosis. At the end of the day, in the U.S., cervical cancer is not very common, but it is possible, and ensuring that you're getting your regular pap smears is what you can do to prevent potentially having cervical cancer or what you can do to screen and treat early on to hopefully prevent developing cervical cancer. Hopefully, at the end of this episode, you have a little bit better understanding of the progression and really the importance of getting your pap smears It's very important for your health and well-being, and I strongly encourage it. I understand that many women don't enjoy it. I get it. But going for your pap smear could be life-saving for you. So if you haven't done so already, go schedule your pap. This podcast is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to start shopping today. By shopping, you are supporting this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.